Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod. Um, well, Andrew Easton here again uh, with our personalized Westside Personalized Learning Podcast, and I'm excited today to Step into the English class uh, of John Horton here. So, all right. So, this is my fourth year in the Westside District, but it's my twenty-fifth year teaching overall. Okay. And I am an English eight, and now creative writing. Gosh, that spans quite a it does. It's kind of range, right? It's <laughs> great. Um, so, we were talking before about um, I have laminated movie posters stuck around on all of my tables. Yeah, it was one, one of the first things I noticed when I walked one, in the class. I was like, yeah. oh, "This is really neat. What's this one about?" One per table, and so. The, the first thing is they're movies I love, and so it helps the kids get to know me. I also have books. Uh, I have different sets. But what they're for is um, there are, I've taken two copies. One is stuck on the table, and the other one I've cut into puzzle pieces, in this case into two. And so when the kids come in, they have to draw out of a can one of the puzzle pieces, and they have to match up where they sit. And so it stirs the class um, because I don't have assigned seats. And so that it helps them to get to know each other because they have to sit with, they don't know who they're going to sit with each day. And then eventually we fade it out once they've shown they can sit with anybody and work with anybody and know their names. And I have sets of um, that will divide them into twos, threes, or fours, depending upon what kind of group we're doing. Cool. And do you do you care to show your hand a little bit at the trick that you had mentioned? I don't know. If you oh, sure. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't want to I, um, give away your secrets. No, I, but... no that's fine. Um, the, the kids don't know this, but if there are certain people that I need separated, I just keep the four corners of the room on the bottom of the stack, and I'll deal <laughs> them off the bottom of the stack to the kids, and it just keeps certain people separated. Um, I have not had to do that this year or last year, but the year before, I had to do it almost every day. And so <laughs> That's pretty slick. There yeah. was, when, um, whenever I student taught, and for a short time after that, we used to, I would have them play catchphrase very early on in the, the semester for kind of similar purposes. Right. I would say, okay, we're going to play a game, everybody get into two teams, yeah. and everybody that was friends divided in the room, yeah. and then what happens then is you create an every other yeah. desk, and so you're never sitting by somebody right. that you had the natural inclination exactly. to join the group to begin We've with. We've done a, we also have a, I think it's an adaptive school's. I have adapted it from adaptive schools, but we call it high five triads. And that's just like in the morning when you're doing an accountability group or something, you're checking with people on the days where they sit where they want, their triads can't have anybody from where you're already sitting. And so when they get into groups of three, it has to be people you're not with. And so at least temporarily, it forces you to meet with somebody else. Yeah. And then for sometimes they'll they'll predict it and not sit together and then it won't do it. <laughs> so just when they it's think a little they bit have the system figured out yeah right? officers will defy it on my part a little bit it's like did you think i was gonna do that today oh no <laughs> that's that's great yeah well um yeah so last year i just happened to be able have the opportunity to come in right. and observe uh and stumble upon a unit that you guys had put together that was personalized yes. uh, and it, it was super impressive to me just in first of all the scope the duration right. of time that you did that but also, I felt like, if I remember right, that it was really driven by student inquiry. It absolutely was, um, yeah. And I, and I love that aspect of it, and that's kind of Here's how we started. Start. It. Yeah. yeah. It, it, first of all, it was almost the entire last six weeks of the year. Um, and I think this year it might even be longer than that. Um, and it's, it's free inquiry, and we work up to it through the year, starting with, like, really structured early on, and then releasing, like, early on, we'll choose the guiding questions, we'll provide the resources, and we'll choose the end product, and then... 
Later, we'll choose the guiding questions. They can choose from a, a stack of resources and they can choose their product and they get to the end where they choose it all. But what we did right after Christmas is we came back and we took a survey with them using a, a Google form and we just said, I want you to tell me three things that concern or interest you on a personal level, on, on an individual level, a local individual, and three things that interest you or concern you on a global level. And then once we had, we had those, we brought them together and the kids categorized them and grouped them by like topics and narrowed them down to essentially six topics that included some from the, the list of global and some from the list of personal. So I want to interject for a second. Yeah. What did that process look like then for that to be collaborative across they, an entire... Yeah, we printed out the entire list from every kid, all of the, like, here's the list of all 500 sure. individual things. And they sat down in groups of, uh, it was three or four, and then color-coded ones that they thought had similarities for some, whatever yeah. reason they thought. And then we said, okay, can we name that? Like, what would blue be? You, you said these were all blue. Well, they're all about, like, personalities or psychology. Okay, so we've got personality and psychology as a group. Well, these are all about society in the future. Great. So that's a group. Um, and we, we had it down to about eight groups and then voted it down to five. And so... Throughout the entire day, we narrowed the groups down, what one group might call personality, another one might call psychology, and we decided, okay, can those can we combine those? Are those mm -hmm. really the same? Or are they not the same? Um, and we decided not to, politics was one of the groups, and I think they were going to vote it out, but we decided in a presidential election year not to have that be <laughs> Let's not a choice there. of our topic, yeah. so we yeah. just said we're not doing that, this politics-free zone, so no. But genocide and, and human rights was one, for sure. The future was one, personality, individual things, and well, trying to remember what the eye. And I would say the beauty of that process, too, is that regardless of what initiative you sort of get behind in terms of your inquiry, right, you still, there was a learning experience in considering all of those things. Right. Uh, and looking at the commonalities between. Yes. And that, that's pretty powerful. And, and so they had to then, once they, once we had those five, they had to choose one of those categories and then create the questions or questions that they were then going to research. And what did that process look like? It was it was very similar, except they didn't do it. They only got together in groups after they had created their questions. And so they were individually coming up with their questions, and we tried to encourage them to do individual questions because otherwise you get people who aren't doing what they're really interested in because my friend picked that question, I wanted to be with them. And so I was like, we're not even gonna tell you what group your friend picked until you've chosen your questions. So after that, you can know, and then you can try to get together if you want to. And then they had to locate their sources. And one thing we did, which we'd never done before, which was kind of fun, is they had to find a, a, a novel that was related to their theme in some way. And it didn't matter if any two people read the same one. And we were curious to see how that went. And some of our best graded discussions were eight people who read different novels, talking about author's craft across their novel or talking about theme connection across the novel. My novel connected to the theme this way. Oh, well, mine did this, and mine did this. And then we had a second group who did To Kill a Mockingbird, and so they all got their own copies and read that. But it it varied from a few people reading the same book to people just reading completely different books. Okay, so like, then what did you have to do necessarily to, first of all, I guess, scaffold, and then later facilitate these conversations? Because you're talking, you know, eight different well, novels, we, all vocal. Yeah, we felt like we had done a pretty good job of, our second semester, first quarter, uh, where they will choose from two books that we essentially really guide them through the discussion process on and take them to the multiple phases of text-dependent analysis all the way from 
it's right here in the text to this is my opinion based on this and I can make a project off of that. And so the training really happened in those groups. And then we felt like by the time we got to fourth quarter, they knew how to do the, those discussions on their own. And if they needed um, guiding questions because they were looking at, say, author's craft or um, story elements, we could have some questions prepared for them ahead of time that would work with anybody. Like in, in my book, how does the author use metaphor? Or in my book, how does the theme actually connect? If yours is about the future, what's futuristic about your book? And we talked a lot. Like they had studied uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero Hero's Journey. Love yeah, it. we use that a lot. And we even use it to structure our inquiry now, which is really funny. And they're the hero of their own journey. I'll show oh, you that sometime. It's really cool. We got it from other people, but we I'm nerding out as an English teacher. Over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this right? stuff's great. Um, <laughs> so what they were really talking the, about at the point. end was um, who was who was playing the mentor role in their book? Who was the hero? What was the call to adventure? When when did the Act One doorway get you know crossed through? Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't matter what book you have. Right, and you can and, talk. Oh, about and I'll that. I'll nerd out and interject yeah. too. I love teaching theme that way because yes. it's typically the the characteristic that you're void with before you venture out onto your journey is is the lesson you need to learn right, over that exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's the hole you have in your personality that you need to fix and that's what the hero's journey does for you. Brings you back fantastic. Holes, so. Man, I want to take eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> so um that that I felt like by the time we got to those independent books, like that wouldn't have worked early in the year. Like everyone mm -hmm. choose your own book and we'll come together and talk. But because they had talked about a common book before more than once and they knew the structure of the conversations and they had some sense of the hero's journey or the, the author's craft that they really just could talk about well in my book it's like this and well, in my book it's like this oh mine was that too i right. don't have a mentor in my book i have a hero you know yeah. and so their discussions were really good and i think i think broadening for them to actually have to hear from a different book and have that talk about well how does your author do that do that right so then, then they, they had to do research. And so there, there were two components to this project. You must have an information component, which consists of all the research that you have shared as an infographic. And then you also must have an expressive art project. So it's give us information and you want to evoke emotion in us. And so they had to do both of those things. And we and saved, that's about the time that I came that was in. That when you came, yeah, right? Yeah, because I got a chance to see and those we, pieces as they we were. We saved the expressive art project to the end because we don't grade it on its artness. And that gives us like two extra weeks to grade everything else mm, yeah. because there are no new assignments for that last two weeks. You're just working on the art. And we try to have the opportunity for them to work in groups if they want to or for them to work, you know, individually. And uh, they did all manner of things from paintings to live performances to um, someone created a boxcar on its way to Auschwitz and then hung balloons in there, one for every person that would be in there and then had you walk in and feel how crowded that was with like train noise in the background and so you've got that level of thing and then you've got like someone did uh, their topic was tacos and so they had like the dessert taco stand where you could just come and make your tacos but it was like you know from whatever gamut it runs depends on what the kid's interest is and right so if you previously we had we had committed to pretty much holocaust and genocide being the choices and it just got really dark and like while we're fine with that and it's still out there and we reunite and we still do that option, so researching flying cars is just as good for me. You can show right. the same skills doing that as you can. And so if Holocaust is not your thing or whaling is not your thing or puppy mills when you want to do something happy, this lets you do it. And did you find the engagement went up as a result of having it's hard, that? You know, it's different kids, so it's hard mm -hmm. to know, but I would say yes. And I know that the, we heard from a number of parents who were 
happy to have choices that, that weren't always about what's going wrong. But even when it's what's going wrong, our focus is on how are you going to fix it? Mm-hmm. It isn't about like the hopelessness of it. And so when you're, when you're studying puppy mills, for example, you, it's kind of a depressing topic, but your project is how are you going to go into the world and make it better? What are you going to do? We're really struggling uh, to, to push to that next part of the project being what is your community outreach or how are you getting outside the school with it? And so we had a little bit of that last year and we're, you know, every year trying to get that to grow a little bit. We invited people in was the way we got it spread, you know, from the yeah from this I, year. Because I knew, I think it was actually maybe the day or so after, yeah. a couple of days after I had visited that you were going to have a showcase yeah, for we these did. pieces. Yeah, and we had, you know, food trucks come in and there were between five and 800 people here looking at this stuff all at once. And it's, it's wow. an amazing thing. But our next step is audience and And our next step is to go to be active, like to decide, okay, well, what could we do to empower them, try to get them to realize they have they have a say in how things go. Yeah, even at fourteen, you can change things. And that's uh, gosh, you have goosebumps just hearing. You're darn right. At fourteen, you can change (laughs) things. That's great. I whenever uh, I was in Kansas, somewhat similar experience. When I just started personalized learning, I was I just cared. First and foremost, about pace and letting students yes. work at their own pace. Right. And I had seniors in there spring semester, and so I had some students who had uh, para or like a resource teacher support. Right. And I also had students chosen not to take the AP, right, <laughs> version because of, of, of that class. Yeah. Just because they had course load and they right. had other things they were concerned about. And so what I found was when I gave them that option, they went through eight weeks worth of work in three, and so we had five left. Right. And so I really just threw it to them and exactly. said like. You know, th- poverty is really what we're talking about with right. the, the novel re- we were reading at the time. Uh, how could you impact that locally? And and it was it was pretty profound yeah. the avenues that they sought out, and then yeah. the conversations that came with that. Um, so I guess I I totally understand in your first run at all of this too. That that takes time. It does. It took those students really five does. weeks. Yes. At, that other students needed to finish the coursework, right. but. Wow, I mean, to do that, but it was, it was a great experience. And so um, kind of moving forward, like you said, maybe moving from six to eight, I certainly could see that would be uh, part of that. And we were enacting one plan. Essentially, the classes competed. Right. And we all just got behind one initiative. Oh, that's amazing. uh, Because it just became overwhelming to think about trying to do all of them. Right, Um, yeah. So I'm not... uh, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, like let's narrow it down. Which one will we do? Come, come pitch it to us. <laughs> right. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and we had the principal in mm-hmm. and we had, I think we may even had a school board member at one point yeah. in time. But it was, it was fun and it was neat to kind of play that out. But gosh, we did not have 500 yeah. <laughs> to 800 people and food was, trucks. And it was, that's fantastic. It really was. It was amazing. So what would you say then were, were the key takeaways that you were just most pleased with, especially on a first run? That sounds fantastic, you know, for um, what Well, we've done it, like I had done it. This is, this is the first time we did it with all of eighth grade. I'd done it with my class before. And so we sort of troubleshot a little bit of it. Uh, like most of our takeaways are logistics. Okay. And so like we discovered, we've done it now twice last year. And the, the first time in December, we had performances on the stage in the pack. And there are quite a few of them. And people did not go um, because it was too hard to figure out the schedule and know when they were and know when to get there. Uh, and the second time we tried it where we made people go and didn't let them leave to the exhibits until they had gone. And we decided that we really need to do those on separate nights, that we really need to um, have a performance yes. and then a pieces. And we have like little busker stands throughout 
the displays. And those worked great both nights because that you just hear the poet and you can step up or you hear the guy start his guitar and you can step up. Um, but people worked really hard. Like some one group wrote a 20 minute a Holocaust play uh, and, you know, eight people saw it. Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't really fair to them. But it also wouldn't have been fair to make all 500 people sit in there for that <laughs> 20 minute play if that wasn't what they're interested in. And so we're trying to keep the night more of a drop in anytime you want to kind of night. I mean, we'll introduce it early and then kind of release you, but it's like, it's an hour and a half come for the 20 minutes you want to come for, mm -hmm. see what you want to see. And it doesn't work out to have a lot of things on the big stage at the same time. Having the little stages in between work really better. And so we're going to keep those. And then anything that is really big, we'll just do on a separate night. The first one, again, it's more of our choice. Like we've limited sure. the project in response to the theme of the novel that we're reading, much like you were talking about or what they think. So their choices of theme are limited, their choices of project are not limited that much. We have a menus and we'll, you know, one of the choices is come up with something on your own that's better and then you can do that, pitch it to us. But by the time we get to fourth quarter, it's just, we have to sit down and meet with you. What are you gonna do? Prove to us you know, that you've got this thing figured out. That's fantastic. That's something that's part of our training we put in together too, is just that idea that this stuff has to be scaffolded yeah. you know, over the course of a, a year. And, and ideally, as things scale up and more classes essentially start to personalize and create yeah. similar experiences, that process might be quicker than it might be today. But, but I still feel like by the time you get to know your students and it's October, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and then you really invest. And I've heard right. that from kindergarten teachers through yeah. high school. Uh, that uh, there is that time that you have to invest uh, and then start to build towards that autonomy. Well, and they're, and they're, not, they're not used to that level of, auton of autonomy and choice. They're, they're not, what do you mean, what is my project? Right. Well, you're not going to give me a question. No, you're not going to give me a... I'm not going to. Yeah. Here are some things other people have done. And we really try not to show them too much because it becomes too easy to say, well, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, and we, we really find it is more effective that once they've kind of got an idea to try to help them search out examples of that somewhere. Right. Um, so whatever it is you're going to do, you want to make a, a life-size model of something, great. Then let's Google search life-size models of whatever you're making and see if we can find anyone who's done something like that. Yeah. But if I show you, if I show you a trifold display, if I show you 10 of them, then you think trifold display is what I'm supposed to do. And mm -hmm. it locks you into that mindset of it. And so when we do show them examples, we try to make sure that we have a really wide variety of things, like all the way from the African hut that was a cake to, you know, <laughs> to the, the, the boxcar going to Auschwitz and, you know, yeah. And, 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 and then we'll show them paintings and we'll show them posters, but for most people, those are the fallback. Yeah. They are, you know, and I'm, I have nothing against posters. If that's what you want to do, that's what you should do. Just do the best one you can do. But don't limit yourself to that because you haven't taken time to think about what else you could do. Like, what right. is your skill? You know, we had somebody do a, they did a duet between cello and I think flugelhorn. And they said, because those are two instruments you would never think of coming together. And that's our message about genocide is that two groups of people who would never come together can come together to be stronger together than they are apart. And so they did this, they wrote their own song and performed it. And it's kind of like, that's really awesome. Yeah. Kind of amazing. And then we had, you know, so music is one that comes in, and I think Westside particularly lends itself to music. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of our thing. Really yeah, strong. right. And so we like to value that. You know, yeah, come out and do it, write your own song, perform, it's awesome. That's yeah. uh, just so powerful. And I know we've talked in earlier pods and things like that, just about that it's uh, it's more about process versus product. Yeah, it absolutely And I think is. you can kind of zoom, zoom out yeah. sometimes and 
uh, if you kind of approach with, I try to keep that in the back of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I hear that. Like at the saying. end of the last two weeks, we don't grade the art. Yeah. But we do grade their process. And so they have to do an artist statement that explains the art. And so we will grade that um, as a piece of writing. Is that clear? And then we look at their process. Did you do all these things? Did you, you know, get feedback from people? Did you, you know, do the proper feedback loops? Did you um, offer feedback? Did you revise to make better? But in the, in the long run, I don't, I don't want to judge their painting. I don't want to right. judge their sculpture or their Well, because it might have been their first stand. effort yeah. towards right. that, right? Yeah. And, and if you're going to go with that whole idea of failing forward, too, sometimes when you really put yourself out there, that product yeah. isn't no. representative of the work that went into no, it. And if you were to give them right. another op iteration, yeah. which is what I love that you yeah. guys have, too, yeah, right. then you might even extend that. And they do. And the uh, second time, they just, their vision of what they could do is so much bigger the second time. They're like, okay, now we understand we can do crazy stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and kudos okay. to your course yeah. for allowing that, yeah. uh, them that opportunity. Yeah, like we, here's an example of one of that was a second time around kind of crazy one. We had a student who researched um, child labor, particularly chocolate. And so her stand was a big bowl of Hershey's chocolate candy bars and a QR code. You said, eat as much chocolate as you want as long as you click the QR code. When they clicked it, it took them to a slideshow of all these children who have had to pick all the chocolate and the cocoa that made the chocolate bar. You're like, the chocolate you're eating was probably made by these children. And, you look, and there's a trash can there because lots of people just had to like, okay, I'm not eating this. Yeah. I feel really bad now that I took the chocolate first. But I mean, that that's not something you would traditionally think of as an English project at the end of the year, but it was. And she put the slideshow together and, you know, she lured people in with the food, mm -hmm. which is always a big thing. And then, I mean, that people talked about it forever. and. Then another group took sheets and hung them from the ceiling tiles in the form of a maze. And they um, it was representing the path of the character in the book. And he didn't have a way out at the end. So there was no way out of the maze at the end. And so it's like you're, you know, it was like there were things placed along the maze that were from the story. And so you were like living the experience of that person, you know. And that's really deep. But all they did was hang sheets from the ceiling. Unless you have the author's note. I mean, the artist's statement to explain right. what it was. You could walk by and go... So they just ate chocolate and hung cheese from the ceiling? <laughs> no. They did those things, Yeah, but with real depth of thought to them. ELA has an applicability yeah. in context outside of yeah, just newspapers yeah. and becoming an English teacher someday. I mean, those yeah. are certainly right. avenues through which, right. but uh, to think about what you learn in here and the... the thought process that goes into reading through a story right. and analyzing these things right. might have a different representation and that skill set could translate into right. other other yeah. and careers. Being such a skill-based curriculum, I think we can overlap easier with the other contents. Like it's easier for us to overlap into math or science sometimes mm -hmm. than it is for them to overlap into us just right. based on when you do it in the year. And so we're trying to do something completely interdisciplinary in maybe April and so as language arts we can just vary what we do right based on where social studies is that time and it's harder for them to go back but we still bring a lot of social studies into what we do clearly because the inquiry happened in art yeah um, and there was a little bit of science this time not not as much math as like I'd, I'd love to get some of our mathematician the student ones to really to kick into the math somehow for these projects but I haven't had that happen yet well would you have any advice for people starting off, if they, they hear this podcast and they yeah. go, this sounds like a great here, thing to try to, to undertake. Um, well, here's maybe the first few steps. Here's, well, here's my advice. The, the first thing is uh, resist the urge to take baby steps. I really think you just got to dive in. 
And the, I love it because I feel the, the same and way. And the more you dive the in, the more you're going to learn yeah. just by them. I have a growth mindset. So do you. We're going to figure this out together. We're jumping in because um, otherwise you'll just delay it forever. Well, we can't do it until we get the whole night planned out, you know, minute by minute. Nope, we're going to jump in. Didn't work that way. So we won't have the big stage to, next time. We'll do this. We know this better. You know, you try to head off what you think could be the pitfalls, but the pitfalls are where you learn. And I really think you just have to decide to not let yourself say, well, I'm so overwhelmed right now. I think maybe next year I'll do it because then it won't be next year. And it won't be the year after that. Just commit to whatever level you're okay with. You know, what I'm okay with is I'm going to let you choose your own project to the end of this book. That's as much as I can do. But you're gonna, we're going to jump into it right now. And, you know, I like to leave a size holes in the wall. You know, we're going to yeah. go at it full force. And then I think that's where if you're going to be on the forefront of something and this is new to us, I think you just have to decide, let's see. You know, yeah. and, and then be willing to come back and say, well, that part didn't go so well. But, you know. A lot of it went really well. And the kids will help. The parents will help. We always have a big debrief afterward. And we mostly focus on what went really well. And then you can, we don't want to come in and just dwell on the negative things. And so what what could you do to make it better? What, like, what thing would make it better? Um, you know, as I've talked with different people, everyone, I think up until this conversation, has said start small, start small, oh. start small. And so to, to hear that does shift my thinking, too, because I'm that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump in, yeah. and I trust the students enough. Yeah. To float me through whatever yeah, parts I don't, yeah, we'll figure it out. Have figured out yet? But when they rise to that, when they know you don't know, yeah. they step up to save you. They they really take ownership of protecting the thing. Like we want this to happen again, right? And so we're going to do everything we can to make it right. Like last year, somebody not from our team came down and got a hold of a paintbrush and sprayed red paint on all the new painted walls. Oh. And my kids had it cleaned off before I could see it because they did not want people to think. That, you know, this is going to go away if people, some idiot puts red paint on the walls. Right. And they were irate about it. And it's like, it's really hard for me to be irate when they're like 10 times more angry than I was going to be <laughs> about it, you know. But we got it cleaned off and they really then policed it from then on. So yeah. I, I just feel like, I mean, that's where I live. I just jump right in. Right. And just go for it. And, and you said a minute ago to you, you buy, buy it off as big a chunk as you're comfortable yeah. doing. But and, do it now. And, yeah. Don't delay it. Like, yeah. So. You don't have to go into the full everybody comes 800 people night the first time. <laughs> right. But, but commit, to some, yeah, commit to some freedom for the kids. You know, like yeah. this is, you guys are going to figure this out and I'm not doing it for you. Yeah. And if you don't do it, there will be nothing. And we've invited, you know, the school board. So be prepared to tell them why there's nothing. <laughs> right. If, if they show up, I'll introduce you to Dr. McCann and you can explain to him this is where your project would have been. Right. Had you decided to figure out what one was. It's <laughs> fantastic. Well, Thank you so much yeah, for your time sure. today. I've really enjoyed it. our yeah. conversation, and uh, I appreciate you contributing to to oh, no everyone that gets a chance That's to tune great. in. And I'll, I'll certainly be back yeah, uh, to please. check everything yeah. out as December twenty first and May fifteenth. Yeah, and we'll add to that as it goes. Yeah. So, awesome. thank you so much. You bet. Thanks. Yep. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.